Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's to get right with Reggie KG right here on 105. Give me that music. Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Don't fade out my music. Really? You want the music a little louder? That's right. My man Ross, hold it down for you here. You turn it on, leave it on stage. Appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, 877-881-1053. Someone said, give us the theme music. <laughs> if you want to get in <laughs> on the conversation on this victorious Tuesday for the good guys. Oh, just as, winning. That's right. As they take a 1-0 series lead. Over the Tampa Bay Rays at Kevin Gray Sports at Reds at Attila. If you want to get at us on Twitter, we're with you until 11 o'clock tonight here on your home of the Cowboys and Texas Rangers coming up in 20 minutes. Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News going to be joining us to talk about the Cowboys taking on the San Francisco 49ers on Sunday night football. And at 820, Mike Bassick of the KNC Masterpiece going to join us to detail and break down what happened today in Tampa as the Tampa Bay Rays, I should say St. Petersburg, Florida. That's right. Technically, Mm -hmm. St. Petersburg, Florida. As the Texas Rangers get the 4-0 win over the Tampa Bay Rays. Ross, I want you to hit me uh, with cut number 33. This is how it ended as the Rangers take a 1-0 series lead in the wild card round. Pico has thrown 16 pitches so far. Trying to close this one out. Here's the 2-1 delivery. Swung on and hit in the air to center. Leote is back. He stops, he's there, he's got it, and the Rangers have won game one of the wild card series. They have shut out the Rays by the score of four to nothing. The Hall of Famer Eric Nadell on the call throughout the course of the game as the Texas Rangers behind seven shutout innings from Jordan Montgomery. Aroldis Chapman, Jose LeClerc shut it down in the eighth and ninth innings, and the Rangers, Reg, are able to get the shutout for nothing to take the 1-0 series lead looking to, for the sweep tomorrow in St. Petersburg against the Rays. Yeah, man. Um, the question that came to mind for me is, is this as, is this as good as it have gone, could have gone? Like, was this the best, the most perfect game one possible for these Rangers? Because what were the concerns that we had for these Rangers coming into the series? Um, well, obviously, you have only so much starting pitching to mm-hmm. go around, right? Like, you're limited in that way. Thankfully, your best guy that you still have available to you was going game one, Jordan Montgomery. But one thing that we know about the, you know, the postseason, starting pitching maybe not doesn't go as, long, as you know, as, as far. You end up in a situation where maybe they get into a jam and we're not going to let you work out of it. We've got to take these opportunities because there's, you know, there's so many or there's only so many, I should say, opportunities. So if the, if you're in a jam, let's go to the pen. Let's go start working out of this. Except you don't got a lot of pen to go around either, right? We That was something that we knew fairly early into the regular season. And now we have gone 162 of those and an extra one now. And so you did not want to have to lean on your bullpen to try and do things. So he goes seven. Oh, well, that, that goes great. That's perfect. You knew that you were going to have to get yourself some offense in order to get a game win. Um, you got enough, right? I, I don't want to pretend like you were incredible. You strung some hits together, and you took advantage of what was a shaky game from the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and you end up with a win. You end up with an opportunity to now be in a you know win one of two situation as opposed to a you need every single one. Now, obviously, 
win tomorrow and you give yourself an opportunity to not have to play baseball on Thursday. You give an opportunity for all those arms to get another day of rest. You give yourself an opportunity to just move on to the next round and have an extra day to kind of prepare. But, um, yeah, you give yourself that opportunity to win one of the next two, take some of the pressure off of yourself, heap some of the pressure on the home team, a team that was really good at home in the regular season. I I just thought that this probably was the best-case scenario in a game-one situation for your Texas Rangers. Jordan Montgomery retired 14 of the last 16 batters that he faced and had the highlights of the day with this diving catch. Jerry having a fine year in terms of power production. Shows bunt here and pops it up toward first. Diving for it, Montgomery. He makes the catch. Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher, comes off the mound and makes a diving catch midway between home and first, just inside the line to retire Siri. All six foot six, 245 pounds of Jordan Montgomery flying through the air with the backhand grab where if he wanted to let that ball fall to see if it would roll foul, he could have, but he decided to take it upon himself to feel this position rather well in that moment. Just one of the many moments today for the Texas Rangers who were the better team defensively today because I don't know what Tampa was on coming into game one of this series, but they were sleepwalking it felt like throughout the entire course of today's game, the Texas Rangers take advantage of it in front of just 19,704 fans, which is about 5,300 short of capacity in St. Petersburg. Uh, not a lot of fans there, but it didn't matter as the Rangers were still able to get the win today behind Jordan Montgomery, what he was able to do, and getting backed up by the two young guys. Shout out to Josh Young and Evan Carter. Oh, that's right, who made and got on base all four of his plate appearances First, yeah, first time in Rangers history that mm-hmm. a rookie has done that in their postseason debut. Yeah, uh, so the young guys were terrific today based off of what they needed to do coming off that disappointment in not winning the division on Sunday, but then still being able to handle business and put that behind them to be able to get an important game one win with a chance to sweep tomorrow. All right, and when you bring up Evan Carter, um, you can obviously talk about the fact that he was getting on base. I want to talk about the fact that he was running – on the base paths, right? Mm. Like him. You also saw Leody get active. Um, It's one of the things that I personally love about baseball. And, of course, it it shows itself somewhat in the regular season, but it's not of as much importance. And I think you understand what I mean when I'm done talking. Um, Because, like, the postseason magnifies these things. Baseball, postseason baseball is one of the most fun products that there is out there in the world of sports. And it's because, like, all these things that could at some points be viewed as mundane – they all are imbued with stakes now. And so you are on the edge of your seat for nine innings in no given amount of time, right? No predetermined amount of time. You were just here in the emotions of it. And so the excitement of the pitching and, you know, the at-bats is there. But then also getting on the base pads and running is that much more exhilarating. And the idea that Evan Carter and Leody Taveras did that um, very well today was very exciting for me. It was very fun to watch, um, and it was needed, right? Like, you needed all the offense you could get, and this is where we can kind of get into some of, I guess, the negatives that Mm -hmm. you could point to is that this team left a ton of runners on, uh, you know, stranded, and that is something that I don't think you can abide by if you actually plan on making the most of this postseason run or this postseason appearance. If you want to make the most of this, you understand you need to put up all the runs you can because – yeah, your defense is going to play solid, and thankfully they showed up again today. But you know that when it gets to being on the mound, on the rubber, that leaves something to be desired sometimes. So you want to give them the maximum amount of margin for error, and that's by maximizing your opportunities. When you get guys runners, or you get guys in scoring position, you've got to bring them in. Yeah, Texas was one for six with runners in scoring position, stranding nine base runners through the first five innings of this game. This game could have been much worse. The comedy of errors that the Tampa Bay Rays allowed you to have. In terms Shout of, out to Yandy Diaz. Exactly. And then coupled with the fact that you weren't able to capitalize the runners in scoring position, this game could have been a lot worse uh, for Tampa given what was happening on the diamond today. But you're right. For a team that has a shake of a bullpen as it does, the more runs that you can get, the more comfortable you as a Rangers fan can feel about how this team could be able to win postseason games. But I think this is a good indication that at least for today anyway, you beat the team who had the best home record in all of Major League Baseball. You were able to put the disappointing loss and what happened on Sunday behind you. And more importantly, going into tomorrow, we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show, 
your bullpen now is set up extremely well yeah. to be able to handle business tomorrow, given what you may have to have in terms of a decisive game three. Texas did everything that they could to be right based on what they were looking for out of their starting pitching. Uh, by the way, Jordan Montgomery, who, of course, has seen you know action with the New York Yankees and the Cardinals during this time, uh, 2-0 with a .67 ERA over his final four starts. He has been solid. He Sounds had, good. Yeah. He, I mean, what more can you ask for from a guy that came over from the trade deadline from the Cardinals, was able to put it together, and really became your best pitcher during the second half of the year, and the confidence that you can have to send him to the mound today to set the tone for this series, terrific stuff for him. And enough cannot be said about how good he was for this team when they needed him for most. sure, right? And this was this was a this was a really tough pitching matchup because Tyler Glasnow is no, nobody to sneeze, nobody at, to right? play with. Yeah. So I, look, I agree that and we've already mentioned it, right? The the batting or you know the offense left a little something to be desired, leaving all these guys on base, but also. We have to acknowledge they were dealing with um, a tough opponent on the mound. And one thing I appreciate, one one of the reasons why I also thought this was the best possible scenario is I think he had gone through 38 pitches through the first two innings, right? Like you got after him, you made him work. Mm -hmm. And so you gave yourself an opportunity to make it tough on him and get to the pen quicker. So those were things, the at-bats were really solid. I know Jared Sandler, who is a fantastic baseball mind uh, on, on Twitter or X or whatever you like to call it, Posted a video talking about, you know, three of the things that were going to be very important for the Rangers in this series. And one of those things was, you know, making sure that you were laying off high heat and being smart um, at, at the plate. And you saw that from these Rangers. Maybe there's a couple of instances where you're like, oh, I just swing at that. But for the most part, they were smart. Good eye at the plate. And maybe, I don't know if he was the leader in this regard, but I know he was the one that I, it, it appeared to me the most because I guess I was paying attention. But Evan Carter was great. Uh, you know, great eye, making sure that, you know, not swinging at things that you shouldn't. And when he got his opportunity, he put bat to a uh, barrel to ball. Especially in the top of the eighth. Pitch to Carter is bounced over first. It's off the glove of a diving Diaz and down the right field line. Carter turns first and is sprinting for second. He's in without a play. Evan Carter has been on base all four times. That is being scored a double. He has two doubles and two walks. It is just uncanny how easy this guy is making the major leagues look. I mean, and Eric said it there, at 21 years of age, to come on this postseason stage for the very first time, a guy who came up in early September and has shown himself to not be afraid of the moment and the stage and to have get on base all four times today, enough can't be said about how Evan Carter, how good he was today, and more importantly, for it. If you're a Rangers fan, someone on this ball club, you know that you can feel like you can depend on a young guy to be able to come through in that way. And for him to do that, just terrific stuff from him and Evan Carter today. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to wax too poetic, but you know, he was he was fantastic in this game and very much helped you get to a 1-0 lead in this wild card series. Um and I would like to go back now as we talked about mm-hmm. the ways in which this was the best possible game one for you. You only had to ask of your bullpen, Araldis Chapman and uh, Jose LeClerc, to work. And one of those guys can go again tomorrow probably for you. Yeah. and Look, man, you give Bruce Belchie a lot of credit. And I thought Sandler made a terrific point during the postgame, which was, look, he has stuck with these guys throughout the course of this season. There were times where LeClerc struggled. Obviously, we know the up-and-down nature of Araldis Chapman when it comes to what he could be on a day-to-day basis. And circumstances. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But Bruce Bochy has stuck with this team, and you've talked about it throughout the course of the year, the ability to manage a bullpen, and not just the ability to do that from game to game, but also from day-to-day when it comes to keeping these guys confident in their abilities to come up in big spots because they're going to need each of these guys to be able to come up big when they need to, and today was a perfect example of that with Chapman and LeClerc being able to shut it down in the eighth and the ninth inning, not just on the mound, but off the mound as well. I think Bruce Belch is a huge factor in some of that. For sure. I mean, like, always. And Mike Maddox, too. Let me give Mike Maddox his credit as 100%, well with that. Yes. 100%. Those, I mean, look, we understood. You saw that the ways that this this uh, organization spent money to bring in players, and obviously you've gotten some good development that's managed to come and join them as we've waxed poetic and we've heaped a lot of praise on Evan Carter. But we all understood that putting this whole together, putting all of the pieces together – that was the big reason for going and getting Bruce Bochy. We understand the difference that manager was going to make with this team, and we've seen it. 
Um, and in fact, some people have even kind of been a little underwhelmed because of how how tough it's been with the bullpen going forward. But the this is where Bruce Bochy has made his bones for a very, very, very long time in professional baseball. And so I'm very happy that he's the manager of this ball club at this time period. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I was, I was super pleased with the way that this game went, even understanding that, look, man, you got to be you got to be solid um in those instances where um you've got runners in scoring position but let me ask you this do you feel like that's going to be con- continue to be an issue for these rangers going forward or do you feel like that was a product of the first game of this of this series i think it was the product of the first game of this series <laughs> i mean and we've seen throughout the course of this season which ranger club are you going to get on a day-to-day basis are you going to get the one that you got today that took advantage of some errors from the Tampa Bay Rays, but also got terrific pitching, you know, from Jordan Montgomery and was able to shut it down in the eighth and the ninth inning with, you know, Chapman and LeClerc? Or are you going to get the team that didn't show up in the final game of the season and lost one nothing and squandered away the chance to win the AL West? Which team are you going to get? You can only know that by what happens on the diamond. And tomorrow, they'll send Nathan Evaldi to the mound. Talk about a man who's been through it all this season at one point. Could have been a potential all-star starter for how good he was during the first half of the year. Dealing with injury, trying to do a rehab assignment at the major league level. Has struggled throughout the course of the second half. Dealing with that injury, but at the same time, he has a chance to be able to help this team get the sweep tomorrow. By the way, that postseason shutout today, the first for the good guys since the 2011 World Series. Uh, that's how long it's been since the Rangers have had a postseason shutout. Wait, so what am I hearing? You 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 putting them in the World Series? I I think that's what I heard. Ross, you hear that? Yeah. Uh, well, I, mean, look, I man, definitely heard that. Is okay, that fantastic. what you heard? By the way, the crowd that we, we mentioned a little bit earlier, that night, a little over nineteen thousand, mm-hmm. the lowest crowd to attend a baseball game, a playoff game, since nineteen nineteen. Wow, my goodness. Uh, yeah, the people of St. Pete in the greater Tampa area really don't uh, love showing up for that club, do they? Um, I, there's no surprise that this was the early game, right? Um, and there's no surprise that the Phillies game is the night game, right? Like, we understand that these decisions are made by markets and those things, and whew, that's that's <laughs> tough. Um, man, I look, I, we'll talk more about this game and about really about what we can expect and what we should expect in game two with uh, Mike Bassick That's and, right, at 820 in about mm-hmm. an hour. Um, I'm really intrigued to talk about, you talk about which Rangers team, which Nate Evaldi are we going mm. to get because he has been trying to work his way back to the Nate Evaldi that we saw before that injury. And it's going to be really intriguing what he can do in game two versus Rays because I don't know that I anticipate the Rays come out and look that funky again. And so, are they yeah, gonna, you would anticipate the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays will wake up a little bit more <laughs> for are, tomorrow's game. If they get after him, if he's not on his tip top, is that going to get into the pen? What is that going to mean for this team? Like, I am so like my my brain is already swimming. Like, I <laughs> enjoy this one. I need to enjoy That's, this one. I need to stop yeah, myself. Just Look, enjoy right, this one. What we're gonna do is That's since, right. since we're an hour away from talking about that game, I'm just gonna spend this hour enjoying the Rangers. That's right. Being one zero up. That's right. In the world, in the in the oh, wild hey, card, hey, hey, in the I wild see, card. I see what you're doing there. In the wild a little card, little manifestation right there. Is that what you're doing? In the wild card, <laughs> at this point, Rangers get the four nothing win against the Tampa Bay Rays to take a one zero series lead. Nathan Evaldi takes the mound for the good guys. First pitch at two zero eight with pregame beginning at one thirty with my guy, your guy, our favorite guy, Texas Rangers insider and play by play man Jared Sandler live from St. Petersburg, Florida. It's the get right. Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan coming up next. It's a big week for your Dallas Cowboys as they take on the San Francisco 49ers. Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News joins us to give us his perspective on this rivalry going into this weekend. We'll do it next on the get right back here on the get right. We're Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atula. What up? My man Ross holding it down for you here on your turn it on and leaving on station. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app on this Tuesday night after the Texas Rangers get the 4-0 win over the Tampa Bay Rays to take a 1-0 series lead heading into game two tomorrow as the Rangers look for the clean sweep. At Kevin Gray Sports, at Reg, at if you want to get at us on Twitter. Uh, let's talk a little Cowboys, though. As the Cowboys coming off of a historic beatdown of the New England Patriots and begin preparations to take on the team and knock them out the last Two postseasons in the San Francisco 49ers. We go to the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline where we welcome in 
Dallas Cowboys beat writer for the Dallas Morning News. You can find him on Twitter at Calvin Watkins. He is Calvin Watkins. Calvin, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Hey, not much. We're, we're excited. Cowboys got a dominating win. But, of course, as we like to do when we have an opportunity to talk to you, I'd like to start talking about boxing. Because, <laughs> um, look, man, whew, Canelo Charlo was, was an Woo! interesting one. We'll use that word. Um, I'm going to get a little spicy with it. Do you have any heat for Derrick James as his last two fighters have, have looked a little, little problematic Ooh. in the ring last couple of fights? No, no, no. Not, like, no. He had – he's got three fighters. He's got a lot of fighters he's training. He's training Ryan Garcia. Uh, he's training Spence. He's training Charlo. Um, and he's got the heavyweight kid. So, it, it's boxing. It happens. Uh, I think a lot of us probably underrated Bud Crawford. And Bud Crawford is a beast. And Canelo was in the best shape that he's been in in the last three years. And uh, Charlo was moving up, like, was it, two weight divisions? Mm-hmm. So, no, it's, uh, I'm not blaming Derek James. It's easy to... It's easy to fire the manager when, when, when the players are undefeated, you know. So, uh, I remember, uh, what's the heavyweight, the former heavyweight champ, uh, Deontay Wilder. He got his butt kicked by Tyson Fury, and he fired Mark Breland, his trainer, right? Oh, it's Mark Breland's fault because I don't know how to box. Well, you don't even listen to Mark Breland. <laughs> and Deontay Wilder hasn't been, you know, hasn't been, He's not even been exalted as a champion since he fired Mark Breland. So it's easy to fire the trainer. Oscar De La Hoya did it a couple of times. It's part of the deal. Um, Mike Tyson did it. But I don't think Derrick James is the, is the problem, in my opinion. Well, speaking of knockouts, Calvin, that's what the Dallas Cowboys did to the New England Patriots and knocked their ass out on Sunday <laughs> afternoon to the tune of 38-3. to did you see that performance coming from Dallas based on what happened the previous week against Arizona? No, I did not. Uh, I thought the Patriots would make it an ugly game, like like 17-12 to 12 or something like that. I thought they would really D them up, make it hard on the Cowboys. Um, I remember Brian Schottenheimer, the, um, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, and he was saying, you know, Bill Belichick, who's the Patriots coach, tries to make you play left-handed meaning he wants you to, to do some other things that you're not accustomed to doing, make you uncomfortable. The Cowboys were not uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, I was a little surprised at how the margin was of that game. And it also told me that Mac Jones, he's just not the dude, man. And that Bill Belichick better find himself a quarterback, much the same way the Giants got to find themselves a quarterback. So it made me appreciate Dak Prescott even more after watching that game. Man, the Dak Prescott conversation has just been, I mean, well, it is what it is. We understand what it is when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But one thing that's been interesting to us is that the way that this offense has changed seems to have been a lot because Dak Prescott had a lot of turnovers last year. We're going to talk more about it as the show goes along. But do you think that Mike McCarthy's like approach to offense is a little bit of an overreaction to the interceptions that Dak Prescott had last year? Yes and no. Uh, I think McCarthy's approach to offense is really innovative in a sense in comparison to Kellen Moore. Uh, when you talk to the players during training camp, they would say, well, you know, we just made some stuff up. You know, the cadence was what it was. You know, we had a lot of option routes. And Mike McCarthy's like, here's the reason why we're running this route. Here's the reason why we're taking a three-step drop. Here's the reason why we're changing the offensive line scheme. There's a reason behind everything. It was something that he did when he was the head coach of the Packers. It was something he did when he was calling plays for the Saints. It was something he did when he was, you know, working with the Chiefs. That is what he does. There's a reason for everything. And it's not so much innovative because this is basic stuff, but it's innovative in comparison to what they did under Kellen Moore and Jason Garrett. And I think it's great. Um, it does minimize the, the ability for a quarterback to, to gamble, which is a good thing. I'd rather, you know, Dak Prescott throw the ball away than, than try to throw a ball in double coverage when the game's on the line. So that's a positive, in my opinion. Now, down the line, during this season, yes, it's going to be a game where Dak Prescott's going to have to say, you know what, it's double coverage, i got to throw this ball because we're down two scores. That's just how the game goes sometimes. 
And so we're going to see Dak Prescott. throw some interceptions. He might throw seven, eight interceptions this year. It's going to happen. He's a human being. But I think overall the offense looks great outside of the uh, red zone issues that they're having. But I think even that will even itself out during the course of the season. Let's stick with that for a quick second, Calvin. How would you go about trying to fix these red zone issues based on what you've evaluated and seen through the first few weeks of the season? I think some of it is bad luck. Um, you, know, you know, Dak throws a, a pass to uh, uh, Luke Schoolmaker, and he can't catch the ball. Well, we're not throwing the ball to you anymore. We can't trust you. You know, uh, Peyton Henderson, I think, also dropped another pass inside the red zone. You two guys, we can't throw the ball to you anymore. And, and there's nothing against them. It's that we can't rely on you. I think that's, that's part of the problem. The offensive line has been herky-jerky with the health issues of Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Zach Martin, Tyler Biotis. So we haven't really had a continuity with the line, so they can't really run up in there the way they need to. Tony Pollard is light in the ass in comparison to Zeke Elliott, if excuse my friend. <laughs> so you don't have a, a, you know, a, a, a thumper that can get in there. But you've got to make some holes for me either way, right? So uh, I think you should have more fade routes to C.D. Lamb. Um, I would like to see, you know, and I had a good talk with Brandon Cooks about this. I said, hey, you don't have a lot of size in the, in the red zone. He says, who cares about the size? Scheme us to get open, and you throw us the football. Yeah, Brandon Cooks and I were talking about it, and he was like, I'm like Antonio Brown in terms of the size and my physicality and that kind of thing. So scheme them up. Stop throwing the people who you can't depend on and, and stop trying to trick it up. They were doing a jet sweep with CeeDee Lamb. Stop that. You know, uh, Dak and uh, Pollard ran into each other. So it was a run pass play call. Dak said we're going to run. Tony thought they were going to pass, so they ran into each other. So it was like communication issues, that kind of thing that will happen. As I said, over the course of the season, it will even itself out. I'm very glad that you continued as we're talking to Calvin Watkins right here on 105 through the fan after saying um, I'm like Antonio Brown because that could go a lot of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> that could go so many different ways. <laughs> Yo, when, when we were talking, he said it. I looked at it. I was like, okay, let me do that. Yeah. Um, but with that being the case, um, I was interested in the linebacker core. The the Cowboys made a move to add a linebacker to the practice squad after you know Brock Hoffman. Uh, Brock Hoffman has been added to the fifty three man roster, so using that roster spot to beef that up. But how what's been your evaluation of the linebacker play uh, thus far through these first four games, particularly knowing that they've been kind of light in that room? You know, uh, Lane Vanderus and Demar Clark had a really good game last week against the Patriots. That might have been. Uh... Uh, Vanderus's best game of the season in that in that uh, Patriots contest. Uh, up until then, I was not impressed with the linebacking core, and I had high hopes for them because uh, I really liked Demon Clark. I thought he looked good in training camp. Uh, I like Vanderus, but the problem with Vanderus is he can't stop people in space. You get him in space, you're gonna break his ankles. You know, you get a pass him, he's not gonna catch you. That's okay because that's his limitation. But he can. He's a good tackler. He's really smart. He gets people lined up. Clark, I expect a lot more out of him because he's athletic. I love him at LSU. Uh, if you remember, they lost uh, Overshawn towards ACL the preseason out in Seattle. So they're missing a kind of like that tweener guy who I think can really add some juice to that group. Um, you know, Jaron Curse who's a safety. He's playing a, a pseudo linebacker spot, trying to help him out a little bit. Uh, signing this kid, I think it's going to be good for them. I think, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because someone gets hurt, you can call him up, and then you see what you got. But uh, they need to build off what they did against the Patriots uh, in this 49er game. Calvin, as we start to turn our attention a little bit as the uh, we get to Wednesday tomorrow and obviously the Cowboys, you know, get back to the practice field to get ready for San Francisco, your thoughts on this matchup and Jerry, what he talked about today, with our guys on the morning show with Sean and RJ about this being a measuring stick game and feeling like San Francisco is the team right now that he would pick to win the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts about this matchup, knowing what's happened with these two teams the last couple of years? Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Jerry said that, hey, you know, the 49ers, uh, you know, my Super Bowl pick. I thought Jerry might have been a few cocktails this morning. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I've never heard someone at, at that high level of a position, ownership of a team, say, this is the team that, that projected to win the Super Bowl. It's interesting uh, to me that he said that. 
I thought he might have misspoke a little bit there. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the 49ers are, let's be honest, they're, they're one of the title contenders as the Eagles. I wanted to remind you, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl last year, not the 49ers, but that's another story for another day. Um, but he's right. The 49ers are a top team. The Cowboys have been eliminated by the 49ers the last two seasons. And it's so early in the year. But if you win this game, say you Dallas, if you win this game, you can set the tone for the rest of the season. And you can quiet some of the whispers about, we can't believe in the Cowboys. Because remember, when they lost out in Arizona, everyone was like, same on Cowboys. Because they're supposed to be undefeated going to this 49er game, right? But instead, they got a loss. Everyone had questions about them now. And they blow out the Patriots. And now we're like, oh, okay, maybe they're okay. But still, people are going to take the 49ers in this game because they're at home and, not, and the Cowboys have not proven that they could beat an elite team such as the 49ers because they haven't. So uh, I do agree with Jerry that in a sense that you want to get to where you want to go, you got to beat the 49ers uh, on Sunday night. Now, Calvin, before we let you go, one of the things yes, that this, this team did was they spent literally the highest draft capital that they could in trying to address run defense and run stopping. Uh-huh. And that was one of the big issues for them against the Arizona Cardinals. We saw them hold Ramondre Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott and the rest of the Patriots uh, to not too much. Do you feel like that is something that they have well addressed and that is largely behind them? Because, as you know, the Niners are a team that could do that well with Christian McCaffrey and co. Oh, yeah. Um, they did a nice job against the Patriots. Uh, I was a little surprised that Zeke didn't, didn't play as much as he did. Um, not to say I thought he was going to start, but I just thought he would get some more touches. But then the game got away from them and New England had to pass, whatever. Um, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, the, the, the Cowboys run defense is, is back. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because I saw Arizona running, all, running up all over them out in the desert. Um, and as you said, McCaffrey can do it. Debo is Debo for a reason. The Niners have a very good offensive line. Um, I do like Osa. I do like Hankins. I do like what the Cowboys have in the middle of that line. I would like to see a little bit more of Mozzie. He's only getting about 15, 16 snaps a game and that kind of thing. So uh, it's too early to say, oh, the, the, the Cowboys run defense is fixed. Um, because a lot of times they could they could do their run fits and they get blown off the line. A lot of times they're right there off the edge and someone just outruns them. So we just talked about Vanderish can't cover people in space. Well, that's in the run game too. Um, so it, it, it's it's a ways to go here before we could say, uh, you know, the Doomsday defense is in Dallas right now because it's not. It's just, it's just not right now. Um, the secondary is is good. Uh, I like the pass rush, but the run defense is always going to be a war that the Cowboys are going to have to deal with all season because, as McCarthy said before the season started, people are going to attack us there because that's our weakest link on the defense. You can find him on Twitter at Calvin Watkins covering the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Morning News. He is Calvin Watkins. Calvin, I appreciate the time. And, man, you be careful out in them streets, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good talking Black to you, man. I always appreciate you, Calvin. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> I appreciate you. You got it, man. You, you got, got it. it. Here he goes, Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News. Good enough to join us here on the Get Right. I thought we was about to get stuck in stuck in one of those. I'm trying to get like you, Calvin. Uh, I thought no, we were about to get uh, there. But. No, Cal- <laughs> look, man, Calvin's a good time, man. Always. Every, every time you get a chance to talk to him here or at the games themselves, a guy who knows his football, his boxing, yep. loves his NBA, too. He loves his NBA as well, so... Always good to talk God, to. We should ask him. I always forget. We'll, we'll get him during. Because yeah. he spent time covering the NBA in addition yeah, to loving it, right? That, like that's he's, right. He's got this on an inside track type mm-hmm. type deal. So good. Always good to talk to Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News as the Cowboys, of course, come off that huge win against the Patriots and now get ready to take on the San Francisco 49ers this coming Sunday night. It's the get right. Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Coming up next, we go around the National Football League. Uh, where Aaron Rodgers called Travis Kelsey this. Next on the Get Right.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. About to go around the National Football League here on the Get Right with Reggie KG on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. You know what's funny? What's that? I mean, we're in here. We're doing the show. Mm-hmm. We got TVs on. And right now, there's playoff baseball, postseason right. baseball. And so, you know, in the course of doing the show, we have to give a certain amount of attention to what we are doing. Mm-hmm. I looked up and I was like, where did these four Arizona runs come from? And then I went to the box score and the Diamondbacks just decided to hit three home runs. They were just like, fine. <laughs> well, look, you know how we can score runs? Send it over the wall. How about that? Yeah, that's always a good idea to hit the ball as far as you can over the wall, uh, especially in the postseason. Um, postseason baseball is fun, man. Um, we'll talk more of that with uh, Mike Bassick at 820 to celebrate the Rangers getting the 1-0 series lead on the Tampa Bay Rays after seven shutout innings from Jordan Montgomery today. Jose LeClerc and Aroldis Chapman handling business to close it out for the Rangers today. Nathan Evaldi will take the mound tomorrow as he looks to help the Rangers get the sweep. Uh, If they do not, they will play a decisive game three on Thursday uh, in St. Petersburg at 2-0-8 there so and shout out to anybody who is at the AAC they will not be hearing this because they'll be at the AAC but shout out to them that uh if anybody's out there watching some preseason hockey your stars taking on the abs right now it's uh zero zero in the first period regular season for the NHL begins next week just like that just like that we back at it (laughs) and of course the Mavericks uh they play their first preseason game on Thursday uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Abu Dhabi games. By the way, shout out to Chris Arnold living his best life uh, in the Middle East right now. Out there taking pictures with you know camels and all kinds of stuff. So is that, is that the first? What is the first uh, photo op that you have to have when you touch down in the Middle East? Generally, is it is it a camel photo? Because that feel, uh, that feels real cliche. But I mean, it also that probably is one of the first things that you you yeah. kind of got to. They did a whole group photo. The whole team did. Uh, with the camels? With the camels, yeah, yeah. yeah. On the camels? Uh, no, they oh, were okay. just standing in front of the, okay. the camels. I'm sure there'll be plenty of other pictures as it comes out. With camels? Probably. Okay, fantastic. Probably. If they're not camels, I don't want them. <laughs> I just want you to understand that. Uh, Ross, let's go around the National Football League here uh, on the Get Right with Reggie KG. Uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we get back into the uh, Cowboys conversation with a little Mike McCarthy talk uh, at the top of the hour. But as we start... Around the National Football League, we start in the NFC East uh, with the Eagles, as they have signed veteran corner Bradley Roby uh, to add. Oh, to, still in the league. That, that's what that was my first thought okay. when I saw this. I was like, "Oh, he's still in the league, huh?" 
Um, but yes, he has been added to their secondary room to provide some depth. Uh, that coming from the NFL Network's James Palmer uh, today as the Eagles could have Roby shore up their nickelback position uh, with James Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Uh, Avante Maddox tore his pectoral muscle, of course, in week number two. Uh, and James Bradbury had been in that nickel position uh, since then. So Bradley Roby going to help out the uh, corner room for the Philadelphia Eagles there a little bit. I don't have I don't have any opinions to add. Yeah, I was thinking about the Eagles. I'm just like, man, they've been I'm trying to get a gauge on the NFC East right now. We know what the Cowboys have obviously done, you know, through the first four weeks, had the bad performance against, you know, the Arizona Cardinals. But Philly just, just kind of just kept, you know, rolling along. Yeah. Like it's just been kind of very workmanlike. Nothing that, spectacular. That's a great way of putting it. And yeah. then I mean in week four, it was a game where their running game didn't really give them much, and they were just yeah. like, we will throw the football to a, to a win. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so y'all got that level of malleability to you? Okay. I All mean, right, it kind of helps when you got Devontae Smith and, more importantly, A.J. Brown yeah. uh, to be able to throw the football to yeah. But, yeah, the, the NFC East, you know, is kind of weird right now. Cowboys, Eagles, you know, handling business. The Giants are, you know. Woeful. A dumpster fire. And then the Commandos are like, eh. <laughs> like, man. I mean, so. you could be talking to something. I don't know what that something is. I don't, know. I, I, say, I don't know yet what that is. Um, but at the same time, yeah, just kind of a weird, weird NFC East feeling right now, especially after all the talk coming into this upcoming season was maybe the NFC East could be maybe the best division in football. We'll have um, to come back to that conversation because we're four weeks in. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you talk to a professional football player, I know that a lot of them will say that they kind of break the season up into four-game chunks, which is kind of weird now that they've gone to 17. But it's just kind of like, all right, so this is a quarter of the season, and I wonder if maybe we look at the we look at the league through a quarter of the season lens and maybe we go, what is actually the best division yeah. in football? Bad news for the New England Patriots as they had two major injuries coming out of their game on Sunday against the Cowboys. Oh, no, don't do it to him. Uh, Matthew Judon has a torn biceps muscle, <sighs> and he will be having surgery tomorrow, and he'll be out at least the next two months, according to the NFL Network's uh, Tom Pelissero. So a bad start gets even worse for the New England Patriots after, again, Matthew Judon uh, suffered a, a biceps injury that will require surgery and have him out for at least the next two months. Adam Schefter had reported that he may be out for the rest of the season, um, depending on how things go for Judon. That stinks for them because that's the defining characteristic of their team is their defense, and mm-hmm. it really does start with the pass rush. Yeah. And that pass rush does start with Matthew, Matthew Judon. Like, that's your best defensive player. So, and that was on top of the fact that they had already had uh, Christian Gonzalez leave that game with right. an injury as well. And that probably was your second best defensive player, mm-hmm. the young man that was drafted. What was it, ninth overall, something like that? No, I keep I keep wanting to make him ninth overall, and I know damn well he ain't ninth overall. He was somewhere in there. It's just weird for me with Christian Gonzalez because he came from Oregon, and Amen. T- typically you don't you know associate defense and Oregon. You better in the, start in the same sentence. But yeah, I'm starting to get an idea, you know, with Dan Lanning, and that's kind of what he does. Yeah, man. Well, you know. I mean, defense previously defense coordinator at Georgia. At Georgia we'll we'll yeah. talk about it way later in the night yeah. uh, when we t- you know get into our college football corner. They got the beef, man. They, they've they've made sure that they are big, beefy, and they're not the Oregon. They're not your big brother's Oregon. They're not the Oregon that's like, oh man, they're just fast and shifty and everything. No, this is a team that has tried to make themselves into just a classic, really good football team. And let me tell you. That's a really good football team this season, and it has been the last couple. Mm-hmm. So big injuries, though, for the New England Patriots, specifically Matthew Judon going to be out the next couple of months uh, with that arm injury there. Uh, speaking of injury, you know, Aaron Rodgers makes his weekly appearance on the uh, Pat McAfee show. I mean, I funny enough, I didn't. Like, I mean, I know that he, he can be found on there. I mm-hmm. didn't know that it was a weekly appearance. Yeah, yeah, every Tuesday you okay. can find him right. on uh, the Pat McAfee show. I mean, I can't find him, but I get, I get the thought. You get the thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you found him, though, at the game on Sunday night uh, as he showed up to watch Zach Wilson and those boys lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. Do their best and compete <laughs> against the Kansas City Chiefs. Give Very, them a little bit of respect on that one. Very much so. Uh, apparently, though, Aaron had some spicy things to say <sighs> about um, – Travis Kelsey in particular on the that's uh, Taylor's man that's Taylor's alleged okay. man thank you uh, apparently uh, uh, take it away uh, Mr. Rogers <laughs> didn't have a crazy game and uh, you know Mr. Pfizer we kind of shut him down a little bit he didn't have you know his like crazy impact game obviously he had you know some yards and stuff but 
I felt like for the most part, you know, we played really tough on defense, especially the last three quarters. And I didn't have really, Mr. Rogers. Really? You calling him Mr. Rogers is hilarious because I just imagine him. <laughs> it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day to me neighbors. Apparently the um, unvaccinated one as well. Apparently. Well, here's the thing, right? <laughs> we, know, we know how he feels about this. <laughs> Ain't you the man taking checks from the heir to the Johnson & Johnson throne yes, right now? Thank you. Thank you. That, ladies and gentlemen, is called irony. irony. <laughs> also, the idea that you thought that was like a funny dig. <laughs> Well, you heard McAfee in the background give that, that that courtesy laugh, like, "All right, Aaron." <laughs> now you see, you made you made a funny there, very nice. Uh, but yeah, man, Aaron just finds ways to just get under people's skin, and that you have a lot of things to make fun of Travis Kelsey. And that for. was the, that was the one you wanted to go There's with. So many things. Yeah, that's the one you wanted to go with. Well, he's not a comedian, I guess. At least he, well, you know, he may think so, given the way that he was trying to take that shot there. Uh, but yeah, that's just Aaron apparently being, you know, Aaron. On the Pat McAfee show. But yeah, of all things, with everything that Travis Kelsey's got going on right now, that's the road he decided to go down today. All right, I guess. Jets still suck. Kelsey is on a lot of Pfizer commercials. Thank you. I, <laughs> I understood that's why the, he's. That's the other. I understood the, yes. uh, you got the, the correlation, uh-huh. the reference, yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I personally didn't think it was that clever, but again, Humor is relative, <laughs> and uh, I do not speak for everyone. If see, you found it to be hilarious, see, Rogers, more power to you. He's found a group of TV friends that's going to laugh at stuff that he says, you know, so they can keep that, you know, that appearance, you know, going. That's exactly what I felt that was when it came to Pat McAfee and the laugh that he gave uh, for that particular comment. So, you know, it is what it is. As we continue around the National Football League, uh, let me go back to the Patriots real quick because I don't know how Bill O'Brien should be, you know, handling this right now. But he's trying to downplay right now the struggles of his quarterback, McCorkle, uh, Jones, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea because he looked lost and befuddled. O'Brien saying, quote, today, uh, some of the decisions that he made were very uncharacteristic of Mac. He's just trying to make a play. He's wanting to win. He's very competitive. I think you'll see a lot of improvement in Mac as we keep moving forward here, In quote, to which I say, um, does Bill Belichick have time for that at this point? Because it's looking rather ugly. In New England right now. Are you putting Bill on the hot seat? I mean, okay. If if he wasn't Bill Belichick, having won a gazillion Super Bowls with the greatest quarterback that's ever lived, how would we be talking about Bill Belichick in any other circumstance based on what he's been putting out there over the last couple of years, especially this year with this quarterback and what's going on? How would we be talking about that particular head coach? Problem is he is Bill Belichick. Really? Yeah. You can pour all that rain uh-huh. on all what I just like this, said. Just, I, I get what you're doing, yeah. but like the problem is he is Bill Belichick, and you cannot ignore all of the context that goes here. But we got to bring that to his doorstep in that way. If we're going to be you know, impartial and we're going to be out here trying to objectively talk about these teams and these coaches and these players, hey, man, somebody's got to come to Bill Belichick's doorstep at some point because it's ugly right now. Well, the, one, the, the place where I will absolutely bring it to his door cha- doorstep. Hey, man, you put Matt Patricia as your offensive coordinator last year? And then in order to fix that, you were like, hey. Now you start to catch on a little bit. Let's we- go get Bill O'Brien. Who, <laughs> To be fair, and here I am, cop, please, I apologize. Uh, to be fair, Bill O'Brien has been a very good offensive coordinator. Now, we'll talk about him as a head coach, gets a little ske- sketchier. Talking about him as a personnel uh, man, gets awful. But he has been a good offensive coordinator. Um, the Matt, the Matt, Mac, rather, Jones thing is tough because he hasn't been Good, but I don't think he's been abysmal. I think they're throwing the ball way too many times for a team whose receiving core is not that good. Now, I know they got Gasecki and Hunter Henry there, you know, at the tight end position, but their running game's not good enough to be out here having Mac Jones throw the ball. Coming into Sunday, he had thrown the ball over 120 times going into Sunday's game. And you saw who he was throwing to between Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, some rookie named Demario Douglas who was breaking, you know, Donovan Wilson's ankles. Yeah. And who was the other one? Is Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne. He's still there. But don't forget, you got Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. No, John o. Smith ain't there. Hey, that's who what I'm saying. You one? got Smith and, I mean, um, Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. Gusecki, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't feel like that offense, based on at least with the tight ends that they have there, is being utilized very yeah. well. And well, more important, that starts, I think, with the quarterback. Yeah, that, that and some of that is the Bill O'Brien of it all. His, mm-hmm. he, he, his offense does often require your individuals to have a little bit of brilliance to them. 
And I think more than anything, the Mac Jones thing, and maybe you can say this is a him thing, but I think it illustrates just how it is no longer a nice thing to have. It is now a prerequisite to play quarterback in the league that you have to have some mobility to you. Like, if you are going to play quarterback in this league, in this modern NFL, it's not just, oh, and he's mobile. It's like, no, no, no. You've got to have the accuracy. You've got to have the arm talent. You've got to have the uh, the awareness and the ability to process. And you've got to be have a little bit of mobility. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you've got to be a running back as a quarterback, but you have to have enough mobility to move around and give yourself an opportunity to help your offense line out a little bit, avoid some things, you know, move the pocket, those types of things. And Mac Jones doesn't have it to that same degree. He's a little bit of a throwback. As a as a quarterback, and I think that might be some of what's limiting him as well. Oh boy, we'll see what the Patriots can figure out. Because again, they're in that AFC East, and I don't know how they figure out a way to start beating the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills the way that they have been playing the first uh, three four weeks of the of the season. So that's a trip around the NFL right here on be the get better. right. Have better have better players. I mean, that that would be a start mm-hmm, probably. Mm-hmm. That'd be a start. I don't know, just spitballing. Well, that was a good idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how we go around the NFL here on the Get Right with Reza KG here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, is the Mike McCarthy approach to the office this year an overreaction to this Dak Prescott problem from a year ago? Yeah, we're talking about Dak Prescott. Get active. <laughs> we do it next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 